Thanks, David. Uh, why don't we pray just one more time? Father God, as we read these words, as we hear that last verse being read to us, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Father, would you help us to hear your word? Would you help it to sink deep into our hearts, to take root there? And may we leave from this place, going into the week ahead, persevering and producing a good crop. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, John has already said it, everyone loves a good story, don't they? Doesn't everyone love a good story? So, hey diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumped over the moon, the little dog laughed to see such fun, and what happened next? Good story or not? Not really, because where on earth the dish and the spoon ran away to? I'm left hanging. What sort of a story is that? Now, I quite like it, and growing up, it, I think it was by far my first, my, my, it was probably my first nursery rhyme I learned, but by far the best. Why? Because it started to spark my imagination. Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. What's the cow doing? Some cow. When I was a young boy, I loved it because it was a story that grabbed my imagination. Everyone loves a good story. What about Stickman? Have you come across Stickman? Stickman lives in the family tree with a stick lady love and his stick children three. Have you come across that? Maybe if you're a parent uh, of uh, a young person. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe you don't have to be a parent to read these books, you know. There's something in there. I'll tell you why it's a good story. It's about being lost and found. It's a pretty good story. What about um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Thank you, Ewan. Thank you. Now, is this a good story? Everyone loves a good story. We could go on to Lord of the Rings. We could go on to story after story, novels that we read. Everyone loves a good story. But what about the stories of Jesus? How do they fare? How do they scale when it comes to stories? Jesus told many. In fact, Luke's gospel, the gospel that we're going to be looking at in the next 10 weeks, riddled with stories. Story after story after story. Parables. Why did Jesus tell stories? Well, we're going to look at three Ps specifically. This is the intro talk. Uh, and then we're going to go into nine weeks of parables uh, of the Lord Jesus. I know it's, uh, it's summertime and holidays are upon us. So it's quite a good series to dip in, dip out on. They'll all be on podcast um, and they're standalone parables. So hopefully this is going to work well for us at Town Church over the next few weeks. Here are the three Ps. First of all, we're invited to picture the scene. Like Hey Diddle Diddle Can the Fiddle, it starts getting your mind rolling. We're called to picture the scene as an invitation to picture this in your mind's eye. That's why Jesus tells you uh, stories, why he tells the people there listening stories. Picture the scene first. We're going to put on our historical glasses. We're going to dig for the historical nuances. So when I read 
the parable of the sower that we'll look in a little bit is soil. It's all about soil, really. We're going to dig for what the original readers and listeners to Jesus, what they got because of the context, because of the culture that they were living in. Very different from you and I today. So we're picturing the scene, we're putting on historical glasses, and we're going to protect the true interpretation. What is Jesus actually meaning to the listener? What is he meaning? What is the overriding meaning of the story? In so many of these parables, there are lots of little things that we can dig out and take. Oh, that's good. But why is Jesus speaking these stories? We're called to picture the scene. We're called to put on our our historical glasses. And we're called to protect the true interpretation. So let's just do this for a moment um, with Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. We'll try and do it uh, with this story. I'm guessing most of us will know it. But if you don't, um, read it. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to tell you uh, what happens. Well, I am actually, as we try and do these three Ps for Line the Witch and the Wardrobe. So we're going to picture the scene. See, C.S. Lewis, the writer, he invites us to picture the scene. He invites us to jump into this weird and wonderful world called Narnia. My mum read me this book when I was a boy. But my dad would have nothing to do with it. He'd use words like nonsense. All those druids and dwarfs and speaking lions. It's nonsense. But C.S. Lewis meant for you and I to picture the scene. To dive into the story. To imagine what on earth it would be like in Narnia. My dad could never do it. My mum, thankfully... It's pretty good. And she helped me uh, to expand my imagination. Now Jesus, he's not saying imagine, but what I have to do, I have to imagine the scene, the context. Can I imagine the people sitting there, the crowds, which we'll see in a moment, they're growing and growing, and they're sitting listening to Jesus. And so as Jesus gathers them round, he says, there's a man who sowed seed. He invites me in to picture the scene. I've got to get into Narnia to really appreciate the story of Narnia. Put on your historical glasses. You see, if I don't understand that C.S. Lewis writes the Chronicles of Narnia, he writes at a time of war. He wrote the book in the war, to depict a battle going on between good and evil. If I get some of the history of why C.S. Lewis wrote his book, then I appreciate a little bit more of the story of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I get it. I'm putting on my historical glasses and trying to understand a little bit why C.S. Lewis wrote it, what it was depicting. What was the moment in history that C.S. Lewis decided to write that? And thirdly, the line of witch in the wardrobe. Protect the true interpretation. You see, throughout the book, we see echoes of the Bible story. Millions of people have read this book, seen the film, but they fail to miss the point. The temptation of the devil, depicted by the white witch. The sacrificial act of Aslan on the stone table, 
as Jesus. The risen Aslan breathing life into the stone statues. The risen Jesus giving his spirit. You see, we're to protect the true interpretation. C.S. Lewis invites you into Narnia. There's a historical context when C.S. Lewis wrote. And to protect the true interpretation. It's all about God and his rescue plan from mankind. There's C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. But what about this story of Jesus? You see, if you've been uh, with us at Town Church for a few months now, these words will be familiar because we looked at them in Mark. Why are we looking at them again in Luke? Well, it's to set up the series, one, series of parables, because to understand why parables, here's a really great starting point that Jesus digs deep into. But secondly, do you know the parable of the sower or the soils, as we'll find out in a moment, it would be pretty good if I regularly rehearsed this. Because Jesus asked the question throughout, those who have, have ears, let them hear. So the question is for me today, will I hear, listen to the words of Jesus? Will I retain them? Will I let them sink deep in? And what will my heart be like? Will my heart be good soil that takes these words of Jesus and responds to them? Well, let's picture the scene. Remember the first P? Picture the scene. Look at verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. He said a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, comma, Picture the scene. Can you see it? Can you see it in your mind's eye? The crowd is gathering. Look at the crowd. See the word there? It's large. We know that in other places, Jesus has fed 5,000 men. The lone women and children that were there. It is a large crowd. And they're gathering. And they're coming to Jesus from town after town. Imagine the word. Imagine the gossip. Whoa, where are you from? Brackley. Come on, let's go and hear Jesus. Where are you? Banbury. Whoa, Buckingham. Bista, they're all bees. But people, the town, there's travelling and we go and see Jesus. A large crowd is gathering from town after town. And then he tells them this parable. Imagine for some in the crowd, oh, we're here for some really deep theological meat. If this man is who people are saying he is, God's anointed. Whoa, can't wait. People here of just from Banbury perhaps are listening in and going, ah, oh, we've heard he's a wise teacher. Let's see what pearls of wisdom he's got. Perhaps others from Bicester, a little bit more simple. Ah, oh, come on, Jesus. Come on, entertain us with a, a good story. See what communicator you are. And lo and behold, the people of Bista win because it's just a simple story. A farmer went out to sow seed. A farmer went out, went out to sow seed. Here's a precious commodity to the farmer. It's really precious, this seed. 
and he sows it. Let's go again with the story. As he was scattering, verse 5, the seeds, some fell among the path, along the path. It was trampled on, the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell along among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants, and still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Picture the scene. Put on our historical glasses. There's no machinery being used here of seed sowing. It's just a farmer who would have had a pouch over his bag and grabbed the seed scattered, recklessly, walked in between and then walked back up the row, scattering recklessly, this way, that way. There's the historical glasses. There's no machinery now. That's quite simple and there's not much more we've got to do with our our historical glasses on there. So we've pictured the scene. We put on our historical glasses. But this is where it matters. We're trying to protect the true interpretation. And you see from verse 11 on, Jesus tells the meaning of the parable. Seeds in four places. Some along the ground, the path, trampled on. What happens? Birds come. Snatch it away. Some fell on rocky ground. Came up, the plants withered. You can picture it. No moisture. Other seed, thorns, amongst the thorns, choked the plants. Still other seed on good seal. Soil, four kinds of soil. So when Jesus says, here's the meaning of the parable, off he goes. And this is our understanding of the purpose of parables. As we start our series here today, this is the purpose of the parables. Look, verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. You could call this, we could call this the parable of the seed. Look how precious it is. Remember we said for the farmer, seed is such a precious commodity. Because it brings in so much in time. The seed is the word of God. And this is the word of God. Whenever it is read, whenever it is talked about, whenever it is preached, whenever it is studied, this is God's word. This, I've got it in my hand. His very word, spoken out, breathed and inspired by God, written down by human form and preserved for us 2,000 years later and more. The seed is the word of God. Hey, if you're a Christian here, town church, Can I ask you this question? It's not the direct meaning of the parable. Sure it's not. But I think it's worth asking the question. Are you scattering recklessly? What does God's word do later on in the parable? What does it do? 
Here's the question to myself as I look in the mirror. Am I scattering recklessly? As I go about my business, as I go about my daily life, am I letting God's word just go out there? Just a word of encouragement to a friend. Perhaps a text, Bible verse. Perhaps with friends that don't yet know Jesus, I'm encouraging them. I want them to hear God's word. Am I scattering recklessly? Look what the farmer does. Seed, warm, bang. Seed, warm, bang. He's not like that. Probably didn't have a limp either. (laughs) But he wasn't like that. Recklessly. I think it's worth asking the question for us at Town Church. Are you recklessly sowing God's word wherever you are? Well, let's dive in. Those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Now, parables aren't there. They're not all allegorical. So it's not a chance for me to go, right, that means that every bird that I see now is a devil. That's not the point, right? It's picture the farmer when he sows his seed and the bird comes and snatches it away. Jesus is saying, do you know what the meaning is of that? It's simple. When God's word goes out, no sooner does it touch the heart of a human soul, bang, plucked out. Do you know what perhaps today that's happened? Perhaps it's happening. As soon as it touches the heart, snatched away. We had 90 seconds here before if you were here for the World Cup. There were many in the room that didn't know Jesus and some of you have stayed on. Thank you. That's what it's like with the devil. God's word out. Dare it not last a moment. Pluck. Out it goes. Every time we go on holiday up to see my parents, they live quite close to the sea, seaside up in Cumbria. There's not many beaches there. But go to Silleth. Anyone been to Silleth? No, just me. Joy, fish and chips. In the car, always in the car. Too cold, too wet, too rainy, too windy. But we always have plenty left over. Throw the chip out. Two, three, four seconds, bang, seagull, swoop, off he goes. It's a picture, we talked about that with the little ones last time we were up. This is the picture. People hear God's word, the devil comes quickly and snatches away the truth. There's the meaning of the first soil. Second soil. Look at verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and when they hear it, But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. In the time of testing, you see that? They hear it with joy and receive it with joy. They gladly take it in. And in the time of testing, when the reality of the world kicks in, whatever circumstance that could be, see what happens? They fall away. The seed just withers. The plant that had grown just withers and falls. Do you know people like that? Perhaps you feel like a withering plant today. Look at the third seed. 14, the seed that fell among thorns. Stands for those who hear. 
But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures. And they do not mature. It's different. It's different from those rocky ground, the hearts that are rocky. They hear, receive the word with joy. But look at those among thorns. Look, they hear it. Similarly, perhaps, with joy. They hear it. They listen. Uh, They let it sink in. But look, choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, the day-to-day, the heart that is cluttered. I've got a hundred things to worry about today. I really do. I could do. I know that you have. I've got riches. We talked last Sunday about the money, the finances that we have. God's provided us with money, pleasures. The five-a-side football we've enjoyed today. But all those things could potentially choke. They could potentially take hold of that healthy plant. And you know like vines do, and you know like thistles do, and you know like nettles do. They slowly but surely choke. You don't even see it happening. Then all of a sudden you look at your garden and think, wow. When did that become like that? You don't know it's going on. You don't know it's happening. Life's worries, riches and pleasures take over. Well, friend, do you need to stop today? Are life's worries, pleasures and treasures taking over? Sucking a joy out of you that you first had for the Lord Jesus? Look at verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. A noble and good heart. You see, this heart, please hear this carefully because this is the heart of the Christian faith. It's not that I am good and that I am noble in and of myself. This is a heart that has been changed by Jesus. A heart for the age of 22, when I became a Christian, that understood my rejection and rebellion of God and said, Lord, I can do nothing about this. I can't start being good because I know I've done so much bad. I can't try and start winning, gaining merit for you so that You'll let me into your heaven. That's not a good and noble heart. A try harder. A good and noble heart is a heart that says, I have done so much wrong. I've rejected God and his rule. Now, God, I cannot come to you. And God says, yes, you can. Through Jesus, through my son. And I'll make your heart noble and good. Here's the heart. It's a heart that hears God's word. Retains it. Let it sink in. Drinks up teaching. Drinks up speaking to others about Jesus. Looks for accountability. Who's eager to say, oh, join a home group. Or there's a small group, growth group going on. I want to be there. A heart that says yes. Worried about life. Riches and pleasures. They know, I know they're going to start, I'm going to go at me, but I'm going to hear God's word and let it sink in and produce a crop through persevering. 
and, and again, not for the try harder, but persevering in listening to God's word and letting it affect. Not try hard, try hard, be better, be better, do good, do good. No, one that keeps coming back to God's word and says, what's my heart like today? Lord, would you let it be good soil so that I listen to your word, give me ears to hear it so that I can retain it? Well, we picture the scene. It's an invitation to picture in your mind's eye this brilliant, simple story of Jesus for the people of Bista. We've said that. And we put on our historical glasses, dig for historical nuances. This parable doesn't need us to do that much. Others will as we go along in this series. Others will. We just simply need to know that the farmer scatters recklessly. Not by precision. Will we protect the true interpretation? And see where we get to now. The big question is, will those who have ears, will they hear? How is your heart, my friend? That's the big question. How is it? Because it is one of those four soils. That is the shape of your heart and mine. But here's the fourth P I want to drive home. Not, I know we said three, but, but just listen for a few moments for the fourth P. Here it is, put into practice. See back, what are we, verse, verse 8 at the end. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let them hear. Are we going to put this into practice? If you can hear this, will you let God's word sink in deep, retain it, produce a crop? And you see, here's our danger as we get to the end. Real danger. That's why we're doing this parable again, because verse 9 and verse 10. As his disciples asked him what this parable meant, verse 10 Jesus says this, he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. You see what parables can do? You see what they do? They can actually drive people to blindness. Because the heart is hard. Though seeing... They may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. The parables that Jesus taught, they divide people. Like a knife down the center. Often Jesus taught these parables aimed at the religious establishment. So town church, Bista, be ready. For the next nine months. Do you know what? Here's my danger at the end of this parable. To go, I'm good soil. You might say, why Lanks? Why are you good soil? And this is what my answer could be. I became a Christian. The age of 22, which means 18 years ago. That's why my heart is good soil. You know, Jesus doesn't let me answer like that. He doesn't, because at the end it's about producing a good crop. I've got to look at God's word today. I've got to hear it, 
And I've got to ask the question, how is my heart today? I can't rest on 18 years ago when I became a Christian, where Jesus changed everything for me. I've got to ask that question today. How is my heart? Is it good soil? Or is it crowded soil? Or is it rocky soil? Or is it even soil where the sea lands and the birds snatch it so quick because it's so hard? I can't just keep coming back to the day that I was a Christian. Praise God for that day. But Jesus tells parables to drive it to the religious establishment, to drive it to town church, Bista. Dear Christian, how is your heart today? Dear friend who doesn't trust in Jesus, how is your heart today? How are you going to respond to God's word? Will you let it sink in? Have you got ears to hear? Will you retain it? Will you let it grow and grow big so that a crop is harvested at the end? I don't know what that looks like, the crop really. Good fruit, yes, in terms of how we live in terms of how we glorify God and enjoy Him forever, yes, surely. But perhaps a sense of, of, of people coming to know Jesus because of your faithful witness. Not for you to keep adding notches to yourself and saying, yeah, that person became a Christian because of me, that's not how it works. But as we live and speak of Jesus, speak God's words out to people in Bista and beyond, is that what Jesus means by a, a crop, perhaps? Perhaps so. So can I challenge you, if you have ears, will you hear? And will you retain God's word today? Let me pray. And then we're going to sing two songs. Father, thank you. Thank you that uh, this is your word and you ask me to listen. You ask me to picture the scene. You ask me to put on historical glasses. You ask... You ask us to protect the true interpretation and then you ask. Put it into practice now. So, Lord, would you help me to put these words into practice? That I would listen to your word. That I would let it, let it drive deep into my heart. And I'd retain it. I'd rehearse it. I'd remember it. And then I go and live as a result of it. I go to live for your glory and speak, sow your word recklessly to those whom I meet. Father, help me. I need all your help. Help my friends here. For we want to be your church in action. Not just by listening, but listening that drives us to act and to be of you wherever we go. Help us to that end. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.